0: And welcome to One News Inside Parliament. It's a weekly catch up where we discuss the political stories we've been covering this week on One News. I'm Mikey Sherman. I'm Jessica Much Mackay. And I feel like we've been saying this a lot lately, but boy oh boy, it's been quite the week. Yes, yeah. <laughs> boy
1: oh boy, it has. I very, very much agree. Uh, I think it's just been a massive week. We've had huge COVID stories. We've had big health reports back. Uh, Labor lists. Labor lists. We had uh, the peak of Benedict Collins' career um, going down the playground slide with a big overspend um, at the at the playground out the front of Parliament. So it's really just been a a massive, massive week. And on that, um, for anyone who's interested, uh, Benedict did a piece to camera going down the slide himself. There were a few very interesting outtakes. that's worth a little Google um, if you're interested in that at all.
0: What were the interesting things for you this week? (laughs) Yeah, definitely Google that. Reporter comes a cropper. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's gone viral. Um, A few interesting things this week. Obviously, um, the Heather Simpson report into the health and disability um, system here in New Zealand. We'll talk a bit about that shortly, but that was hugely fascinating and um, highly anticipated. Um, A few other things, the labour list, um, which we'll also have a chat about. But other than that, yeah, just some really big, meaty issues.
1: Yeah, and one thing that would have been a big, meaty issue in any other week, but this week kind of slid by without too much attention was the latest round of gun reforms that's passed its second part and I just think that it just shows the environment that we're in at the moment that that got a mention on the news but it wasn't even that you know we've been doing tracks and lives and and having a huge amount of attention on that and just because of what's going on at the moment it didn't get a a huge look in this week so I think that's kind of telling.
0: Some uh, wins there for New Zealand First and National uh, especially on that um, gun register obviously that is coming into force but it won't be for another 2-3 years so that one was a bit of a win for New Zealand first and the opposition
1: yeah and and that time frame having that delay is a really big deal too so yeah i think I think we've had quite a quite a lot on in parliament for sure let's have a chat about the virus this week because there have been some big developments and it's been the biggest test for the government Uh, just to give you a brief recap uh to remind you of where we're at on that we've had um two women traveling back from the uk to uh, visit their dying mother and and traveling from auckland to wellington uh and we were told look they didn't come into any contact with anyone and I, i remember sitting at the press conference saying to Dr Ashley Burnfield how did they even do that like how did they do that with petrol how did they do that with uh, needing to stop to stretch their legs or go to the bathroom or get something to eat and he assured us uh, that no they didn't stop the Prime Minister did too and so did the Health Minister and then the information came to light from a National Party MP that actually yes they did stop and help get directions from uh, a friend of theirs, and they did hug a, an arm around the side. So it just it it just was a developing story, and it was more about the political management of it, and the fact that our systems clearly aren't in place. They left without being tested. That's against the rules. They they weren't there for seven days. They didn't have the negative test before they left. And it just I think for a lot of us would be merrily carrying along. No new cases, no new cases, no new cases. And then suddenly we get these two new cases and they're allowed to travel the length of the country after all of the hard work that everyone's done. So it was big.
0: Yeah, I've had a really um, good time this week saying um, total cluster, COVID cluster. <laughs> I mean, she has you know, Ashley Bloomfield Cluster. David Clark, cluster. Jacinda Ardern, cluster. You know, just total mismanagement. And um, I, I, where do you start? Where do you start with it? There's so much to talk about. I mean, how did this even happen? How um, did they even think that, you know, just letting people out of isolation? You know, what I'd, what I'd hate to see is that people who um, are wanting um, compassionate exemptions um, no longer able to get that because I think that was a big thing for everyone it, you know we saw that push um, first of all around funerals and tangihanga people recognised um, the pain and the hurt that a lot of families were in um, not being able to be with loved ones during you know times when you know they're, they're near on on their deathbed and and, and then after at the funeral um, so you know important to be able to have those exemptions there but you have to say just to let people go free willy-nilly without so much as, you know, hardly many checks and balances, it just blows my mind at how that happened. I mean, how come they don't have, um, you know, like for corrections and whatnot, have someone from the Ministry of Health team, um, you know, go with these people? Yes it'll cost a lot of money but I think we've already seen with the amount of money that we're pouring into fighting this virus that it was it would be money well spent and an investment well spent so can't believe that that was it sort of yep see you later don't stop don't stop on the way down and um and don't don't you know get too close to people and um and And I wonder if these
1: women hadn't tested positive if we would have known about how this was all going because I think there was a bit brewing that we knew in the hotels, lots of people were mixing, Kristen Hall had done some stories about hotels and how people uh, were smoking in the same area together even though one had just come in and one had left. So I do think that that we were aware that there were major issues. I just think what happened is it meant that we, we saw just how flawed the system was and these two cases highlighted that. On the flip side, I think what we saw is this third case um, that came up was a man um, travelling back from Pakistan um, via Doha and Melbourne. He came in, he was much more of a textbook case. He came in, didn't have symptoms, went to his hotel, developed symptoms, went to the sort of triage hotel um and, and that's where all of the sort of sick people are. And if it had gone, if we had had cases like that, maybe it would have been different, but because of these exemptions. And I just think the, the the whole issue of compassionate exemptions and the funerals have been such a sticking point for the government the whole way through this. And of course it's a sensitive topic, but we've just got to get it right. And one other point that I thought was really interesting is um, when we went out and did Vox Pop, so asking members of the public what they think, most people will say, yeah, we get that it's a hard situation, but we've got to be safe. And so many people have made sacrifices that these are just more of the sacrifices we have to make. Um, and, and big picture, we've had week after week after the week of applause for the government and, and um, attention from overseas. Yep, they've had their hiccups along the way and things that haven't gone right for sure. But I think um, this, is, this has been a big, big cluster for them,
0: as you so like to say and we've got Megan Woods coming in there um, to, to help fix the issue. Yeah. She's a bit of a she's a bit of a um, Stephen Joyce, isn't she? Yeah. A bit of a fix-it minister. Yeah. for 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 this government. She just gets it done. She just gets it done and what a vote of no confidence yet again and David Clark that she's having to come in and take over. I mean, you know, the government can spin it Whichever way they like in terms of, well, yes, she is, um, you know, this is coming in under MB and she's, you know, a minister in MB and also she's the minister for housing and, you know, this is sort of isolation and all of that. you know, total sp- good good spin. But we all know it's a vote of no confidence in David Clark and um, Megan Woods is coming in to um, help clean it up.
1: Yeah, and it's just one of those situations where ever since the Prime Minister said, I would have liked to have sacked you, but because we're in the middle of a crisis, I won't. That makes his job really difficult. And I almost felt a bit sorry for him. Oh, you're not, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Almost. I mean, I'm not there because he's the minister and he's in charge, but you almost do. And I think that's when, um, if, if you know that, if, if we are, I wonder if a few members of the public Look, are. I
0: did see some glimmer of hope for David Clark, I must <laughs> say, and that was in the Health and Disability Review. I thought he did a really good job at the press conference with the media on that issue, and I did sort of see some glimmer of hope there, there on you that one for him. The other um, uh, issue is also Ashley Bloomfield not fronting um, the day after um, the issue with the sisters came out. That was a bad move. Um, and probably not one um, that he chose himself. No, um, no doubt there was some uh, directives given from the ninth floor um, that perhaps the prime minister would be the one to front it, and Ashley can, um, you know, stay out of it for that one day. Um, they obviously came to their senses the next morning because he was around doing the morning media rounds um and what a hit though to his um you know reputation and 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 everything that that he's built up during this time i mean people have come to somewhat idolize him right um and he has he's done a great job um but this was a huge the first big huge stuff up and um it had all of their names written all over it yeah and i mean i i think in terms of of that reputation, we've talked
1: about the Health Minister quite a lot, that maybe segues us quite nicely to the Labour list. Someone who has been brought in on that list, who perhaps might might be quite high up and might um, have very much uh, the credentials to be an influence in health. Um, And that is uh, Aisha Veral, who we've seen talking a lot about uh, COVID-19 and was in charge of, of part of that and delivering that. She's now, of course, on the Labour list. That great us quite nicely into mm. that next topic. Mm. Okay, I thought we did okay with that one. Um, so Aisha Verrill's on that list. Labour, of course, released its list on Monday. You were there. What was the feeling and the mood? Some of the new candidates were there too.
0: Yeah, well, we got the press release just, just before the sort of um, media stand-up, and I think we were all sitting in the office, and we, as soon as the press release came through and we saw her name on there, I think there was... Vera whoa well, you know it was it was a big name it was a big get big get for Labour um, she was obviously very strong um, during COVID-19 when she put together that um, contact tracing report that was a huge piece of the puzzle um, when we were in the thick of level 4 lockdown and and figuring out the way forward um, and it, it, it you know it was a it was a very strong report and that it um, it's found a number of the holes that needed fixing to get to that gold standard. Um, so, you know, she became a bit of a household name alongside Ashley Bloomfield, not as much, but, you know, um, at that time. And so to have her then appear on Labor's list, um, I think everybody just, you know, was surprised and and um, no doubt a big get for, for the party.
1: And I think what happens is, and you asked about this in the press conference as well, is, of course, you've got her talking about this and the government's response to it. Uh, and on the other hand, standing as a candidate. And it and it makes it complicated, because it, at what point do you uh, declare that you're standing for the party and stop talking um, with just your doctor's hat on? Um, and when we put that to the Prime Minister, she said, well, you know, um, with Air, with the Air New Zealand chief executive, we didn't make a big song and dance about that. He, of course, was um, a was leading uh, one of her business economic groups at the time and then he put his name in the ring and stood for national of course and she was like look i didn't make a big song and dance about that um you've got to declare when you can but sometimes um in politics there are there are you know you make a decision and make a call um so i don't know i think you've got to and i mean it doesn't seem complicated on the face of it if you're standing for a party you have to tell people because you have to people have to know when you make comments the lens in which you're speaking through so uh, i think perhaps again in another week it would be different
0: yeah look and and um she she you know in her defense i guess she did say look she she wasn't planning on it um and she decided at the very last minute um in saying that though, she is on um, one of the district health boards um, there as uh, running on a Labour ticket, um, which she declared at this press conference. So there are affiliations or there and thereabouts. Um, Other interesting things to note with that, um, you know, the other interesting thing to note with her of course is that she is on the list at 18 the mm. highest newbie but also directly behind mm. David Clark. So, yeah. Oh the know, symbolism. <laughs> so that obviously led to questions over whether or not she could be our next health minister um, the, pri- the Prime Minister though quickly batting that down. Um, who are some of the so other I, interesting I, I, ones I on some, that
1: list? Yeah really interesting names and, and um, scattered quite high up in the list. Um, Venushi Walters who's a human rights lawyer. Um, committed who's standing in Epsom. Um, we've got Naisi Chen who's the vice president of the youth wing um, and also the director of a business consultancy firm. So you've got some some big names scattered in the mix there. They're, um, Aisha Viral, 18, uh, Vinushi Walters, 23, Camilla Balich is at 32 and Nisey Chen is at 40. And uh, I, I mean, when you start getting to that 39-40 number, that's when, um, you know, it starts to become a bit iffy, but in terms of whether they'll get in. But it is really interesting um, having a look at that list and seeing who's moved around and who's moved up and down. And mm. and I just think the the new regeneration, we've got several uh, Labour MPs leaving Uh, this election and I just think that seeing that new blood but from our point of view when you look at that list um, there's probably three people there who are going to be on on latest polling are going to be new MPs so who are definitely coming into parliament so I just think that is that's a game changer for the party um, with that fresh blood and some fresh faces and, and I think we'll see the other parties doing lists as
0: well. Louisa War obviously got her mm-hmm. deal there, um, moving up the list. Yeah, 29 for her. 29 for her. She was actually at around sort of 33, 34 um, in the last reshuffle. Um, so she'll be back. Um, a couple of other things. Um, we asked the Prime Minister about six women in the top 20. You know, the Prime Minister's always talking about gender equity and equality. Um, so I put to her, how can you, you know, talk about that when you only have six women in your top 20s you said look that basically just mirrors what we've got now um i'd probably go back to and say well does that make it right though does that Mm. make it you know the 50 50 that you you know um uh, champion and um want to you know see in in other areas like businesses and and on government boards and and so on and so forth the other thing is for maori in the top 20 that's willie jackson and um penny henare scraping in there at 19 and 20. is that good enough for um you know a party that boasts their biggest Maori caucus, and if you look over to National, um, if you chuck in Simon Bridges, Paula Bennett, Shane Riti and their top twenty, then that's just only one extra compared to National. And this is Labor we're talking about, and they, you know, bo- boast a huge Maori vote. So I think Maori voters, you know, probably want to sort of. Take that. Keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, look. Really love a good list, right? Love a good list. <laughs> we do love um, a good ranking system, and it it's brutal.
1: A, eh? it's it. It's pretty brutal. So here is the list, and it's basically one to eighty-four. Of of how well you're doing in your job, and I just think that um, in no other company would you go to and be like, oh yeah, so I'm um, considered the 31st most important person in this organisation. Like, it's that's pretty brutal and that's mm. pretty rough. So, um, we from a journalist's point of view, it's very fun, and we'll see the national list. Come out soon. That'll be another really interesting one to keep an eye out. So, should we briefly have a chat about the health report that you did? Um, obviously, seeing Heather Simpson,
0: um, H2 back in the back in the mix. Yep, H2 Helen Clark's old chief of staff there. Um, Huge report, big stuff, obviously looking into our health system and the disability system, um, and nothing too surprising there in terms of, you know, the inequities and so on and so forth. The biggest thing that stood out for me is that... um, on one hand, they did really well. I thought, in terms of um, you know um, commitment um, um, to bettering Maori um, health outcomes, in terms of you know establishing um, a new crown entity, Health NZ, that will largely be the delivery arm of the Ministry of Health, 50-50 Maori crown representation on that board. That's good to see. Um, establishing a new Maori Health Authority to sit alongside the Ministry of Health, answering directly to the minister, um, that is also good to see. But the problem with that is um, there was no consensus reached with the panel members over just how much power that Māori health authority should have. And I guess that is just the problem that we always see when it comes to these great ideas um, to sort of um, give Māori that self-determination um, that they always um, you know, talk about and want, um, that you know Māori need to um, be delivering and leading um, the services um, to help their own people they know what's best for their own people right but then they never quite give it the oomph that it needs in terms of um, the, the um, resources the finances the responsibilities and we saw that here so that was really disappointing it was like you know a steak and cheese pie and it was all cheesy and no steak and yes I've been thinking about that I don't little. know which way around would be better, actually. More but steak, mate. You need the steak. <laughs> the rest of it's all cheese. It's just tokenistic. And yeah. so that's, that's disappointing to see. Who says we don't comment mm-hmm. on the big issues mm-hmm. of the day here? Well, that seems like a nice
1: uh, place to leave it with a little bit of cheese on your Friday. Um, do you want Do you want to read
0: out the outro or shall I? You do it. Yeah, I've got it. This was One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering this week. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's available around this time each week on One News Online and check us out on your favourite podcasting app. Have a great weekend, guys.